Hi, I'm Christina, the CEO at Scopio, the largest library of authentic photos. You can find us on Instagram at Scopio Images, and this is a series bringing the most talented photographers around the world to give us tips, ideas, and tell us about current events they really care about. We know you will find actionable, real steps to build your career and ideas. Hope you enjoy. Hey, hey guys. Hi, Amelia. How are you doing? Oh, cute pup. Here's <laughs> Nancy. Um, thanks for joining us. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. We love your work, and I'm sure tons of people are excited to learn more. Um, we do these series as a way to kind of give people new ideas, teach new concepts, um, and talk about some of the latest things that maybe are on your mind. Yeah, cool. That sounds good. So, can we start with like a three minute on who you are? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, um, where, you, where you are, too? Yeah, absolutely. So, currently I'm in Northumberland, which is basically it's like the northeast of the UK, just on the border of Scotland, uh, with my girlfriend, our two rescue dogs, and our rescue kitten as well, who's rampaging around, <laughs> messing, up, messing up my already very messy office. Um, yeah, so I'm a freelance photographer, blogger, and writer, um, and I've been doing it for about three years now. Uh, full time and I've been shooting since I was small we uh, grew up all around the world spent a lot of time in Jamaica and wow. Scotland and Dubai so yeah that's been a big influence on my work um yeah so and in which which order did you start you said you're you do like many different things what was kind of the first thing that you got into definitely photography yeah growing yeah growing up abroad and going to all these cool places like yeah. just because we were going, I ended up shooting like I've burned through probably about like a hundred rolls of film for each each country. It might probably cost my parents like thousands of pounds in really bad wasted photos, but it sort of ignited uh, passion for taking photos. What did um, you like, What did you originally like to take photos of? Do you remember? Yeah, it was I was a big documentary photographer, so I used to shoot a lot of street stuff, skateboarders local culture so kind of like completely different from where i've ended up um, yeah were, were you able ever to do anything with them when you were like when you started because we i had another photographer on that had a myspace page and she got into editing and that's how she started cool no i never i never did anything with them i did they just got printed off and like sat in my drawer in my bedroom so like i probably got all these photos somewhere because again because we moved around so much I never really got to hold on to very much stuff yeah so yeah so everything sort of went <laughs> so so this has been three years what were you doing before three years ago uh I was technically I was enrolled at university um but okay. I hated it so I sort of just I, I stayed enrolled and I just dropped out and spent my student loan traveling um and then I got a job at just a local coffee shop and worked there for about a year and then I decided just to try to do it full-time that um, must have been a scary decision yeah it was yeah it was kind of big but I was I just figured if I don't if I don't try I'll never know so I may as well just give it a go and if I fail then I can try something else so in that yeah. like one year when you're working at the coffee shop did you ever feel like oh my god I'm gonna get stuck here I'm never gonna be able to do what I want or you just kind of I think, yeah, I think there's definitely, 
sort of like I always try never to get too comfortable in a place because I think once I get too comfortable it's super easy just to stay and just think oh well this is a known thing so I'll just stay here yeah so I think there definitely were times where I was just like this is like I could work it so I could like go out and shoot in the morning and then have a shift start at like 10 so I could go out and shoot sunrise and then get into work but yeah I kind of I guess I missed not being able to plan trips whenever I wanted so it was like I had a set number of days I could take on a holiday so it was like when I run through a three weeks holiday then I couldn't go anywhere which sucked yeah so when did social media become a part of like uh your process uh I was I was on Instagram like way back in six years ago I started um on Instagram and I was just like I started just posting like junk just like photos of coffee and like really lame boring stuff (laughs) (laughs) I mean that was your life people photograph what their life is about right exactly yeah so (laughs) a lot of dog pictures of my previous dog and um yeah a lot of like selfies and like kind of the opposite to what it is now um and then I started I actually got into big into Instagram just taking loads of photos of fog I love fog I love mist I love fog so I used to shoot like all the time like the local woods the local wild ponies so that got kind of consistent on my feed and then Instagram suggested me as a user to follow so then suddenly like my feed went from like having 3,000 followers to having like 40,000 followers like overnight that they suggested you they just they just randomly did. I just got an email from them one day saying you've been like you're now a suggested user. Wow. That's yeah. Amazing. It was mental. Yeah. Um so that like really kick started me thinking, oh, okay, maybe I can make some money out of this then if, if I'm gonna get lots of followers, let's see what I can do with it. And does that bring you business now? How do you work with that? Yeah, so I do it's sort of quite a good in to say I kind of use it as a sort of a to hook people in I guess so it's like well I've got a lot of followers on Instagram and my engagement's pretty consistent so like mm-hmm. we could work and you could send me some stuff and you could pay me and then I could take some photos for you and I could if you wanted to I can promote you on my Instagram um so some of it some of it works like that some of it's like a more in-depth collaboration and then some are just one-off ads where a brand says we want to give you this we're going to pay you x one post one story yeah then, yeah what's like the what's like some of the recent stuff that you've done uh i've just done a collaboration with an american company kurgo they're like an adventure dog company mm-hmm. so we were up in scotland shooting um the girls oh. in their gear um so that was good and then i'm just about to post like a dog food one on instagram so that's just like a one-off one post story set and do they go and use these photos in their where do they use them? Um, depends on the company. So the Kurgo ones will be used on their website and their socials. The dog food one is just, I just post it. They don't have access or rights to the image. Um, so they can repost it if they want, but, you know, they don't have to. And then I just recently did um, Berghouse, which is a big outdoor company, just did their autumn winter 20 campaign. So that's for their website, print, in-store billboards social media stuff how and how many of these people do you actually meet in real life (laughs) (laughs) recently it's been a lot of like zoom meetings yeah 
Yeah, and before then, I would say probably 30% of people I actually meet someone, yeah. and then 70% it's purely done over email. Because I'm sure a lot of people would love to shoot in Scotland, but they're not, they can't get there, you know, and also yeah. production costs are so high. That's the thing. Then I've got a really cool, like, old VW van. And we've got a lovely Land Rover Defender. So we've got, like, amazing props already. Yeah. It costs us next to nothing to go up there and, and shoot. Um, yeah. And what's, like, what, what's, like, something, your favorite thing that you've done? That you were like, wow, this is a dream for me. Oh, uh, I went to Iceland last year with Reka Vodka. They're an Icelandic yeah. vodka company. And they created... Oh, the blue, like, blue cross on it or whatever? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they created an A-frame cabin as a bar with a wood burner. And they put it onto the biggest glacier in Iceland. And then we traveled out onto the glacier for one night. And what had do you mean traveled out? out? How does that like, work? So they they flew us, uh, me and a bunch of other sort of creators over to Iceland. Yeah. And then we drove up onto the glacier and had drinks, like cocktails and stuff, and in wow. front of a wood burner on a glacier. It was like mind blown. And what did you what did kind of photos did you take there? So a lot of in like really cool interior shots because obviously we had this lovely A frame cabin, a wood burner, and then a, like a glacier outside. So there was a lot yeah. of like drink details. And then obviously walking out onto the glacier and taking photos of an orange A-frame in the middle of Iceland. So it was sort of a combination of what I would call landscape and lifestyle. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think that like companies that have a product like that, are they like more into taking photos of the product? Are they trying, like, or is everyone kind of getting into this kind of Patagonia? Like, has there been some sort of shift that you've seen? That Patagonia style versus... Yeah. That? product what is the what's the like ratio i think there's a lot more brands who want to tell stories with their images and there's a lot more brands who um, now favor smaller audiences with maybe a more organic reach so like um let's say you've only got five thousand followers but you get consistently two or three thousand likes on your images your ratio of engagement to followers is massive and so i think of a lot of brands if you can find someone that you think aligns with your vision and you can, can create some really organic, natural content, then that's, that's the winner, I would say. Like, I, I'll, like, very rarely, like, I get quite a lot of requests for stuff that just isn't my style, like food stuff, um, like baking or makeup stuff. I don't wear makeup. I don't, I'm not really a very, like, home influencer. Or, I'm obviously not a family influencer. Yeah. I think it's really important to try and stick to, like, your sort of niche and don't like sell yourself out just for the right money like say there's a company you like do you ever go and pitch them or do people come mostly to you oh yeah always pitching and i would say it's i would say it's probably good 50 50 maybe 60 40 wow tell me more about that for like the kind of we have more of a younger audience on here mm -hmm. they maybe are shy to or they don't know how to or like how do you what's the what are there like few steps that they should do obviously they need to have an imp like yours is very cohesive so they know what you're at they know what yeah. you're asking yeah i would say you need what you need to do to start with is create a really good media kit so it doesn't have to be fancy it doesn't have to be like super um detailed just explains what you do who you are where you're based then some example imagery uh after that and then 
sort of um, maybe a few past projects. So like I, I collaborated with Kurgo and created this. Mm. And then um, and then you want to put some stats at the end, social media, websites and handles and stuff. And then just once you've got that, it's like a really good base for approaching people. So they can immediately click into this document and see, right, so she's based here, she does that, this is her past work. So you want to prove to them that you're reliable, that you can work to a deadline, that you can work to a brief, but in a really concise and simple way, because a lot of the time brands don't want to, they haven't got time to pour over mm. super detailed, super in-depth, like media kits and information and stuff. And you like email them this or do you DM them it or...? It depends. If we can find an email, like try and get it to a person who's relevant, like um, head of marketing or influencers, or like try don't go too high. If you go for like the CEO of a company, he's not interested in marketing or anything like that. He's you know he's got other stuff to to be dealing with. So if you go in, maybe even an intern, someone lower level, then that's um you know the fact that you've done your research and found a contact shows then that you're serious. But isn't that a lot of work for you? I mean, like, don't you need to be working on your art and craft? Like, 50%, I mean, you're talking about, like, half, almost half and half of your time is probably split between creating the content and then going and getting clients. I mean, is it just that you only pick a few at a time so it's manageable? Or, like, because I know some of the other artists, too, they'll have, like, their friend help them or their sister or something like that. Um, what do you, like, how have you figured out how to do time management? Yeah, so I sort of, I try and prioritise and I think, right, I plan my trips quite far in advance, um, with the exception of a few, and then I think, mm. um, sorry, perhaps he's just about to, and I think, like, what brands do I know and like that I think would would work with these? So I send out, I send out, like, I'll try and focus on maybe, like, five brands, and try not to send, like, hundreds of emails, because it is just, you can just fall into this endless pit of, of, yeah. of time wasting. Um, so if you sort of, I think the key is to find a brand that you really like, a brand that you wear, a brand that you believe in, a brand that you support anyway, because mm -hmm. that will always shine through with a company and, you know, they get a lot of emails all the time. So if you can yeah. prove that you, you love the product and you wear the product and you can use, you know, you can use the product. I mean, I how many times do you have to follow up before they answer though? Uh, it depends entirely on the company. Sometimes I get emails back straight away. Sometimes I have to prod them. Sometimes I forget. A lot of the time I forget. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah I, tend to, I tend to try and work on longer term partnerships. So I've got, I don't know, maybe five long term partners. So they pay me X monthly or, every, you know, um, biannually or whatever. And then I produce X numbers of content for them, which it just makes everything a lot simpler and it makes everything feel yeah. more organic and yeah. That makes sense. Especially cause you're like mixing both. Do you ever do any like creative direction or anything or is it just photography? Uh, I haven't done any creative direction yet. Actually, I've been thinking about doing um, like a workshop or something, but again, it's just finding the time to like plan it and organize logistics and get to see if people are interested and yeah. But do they ever ask you like what should we do with these pictures when they when they get them from you like the businesses? So we tend to discuss what what like rights they have to the images beforehand. So depending on the company and how much they're paying, 
they either get to use them everywhere or nowhere mm-hmm. basically so it's kind of like you can either if you're paying me x you can use his images on your social on your website but i'm going to need to be credited if you're paying me more than x then you can use them for your own marketing and you know intercompany stuff what's like a good example of when people would be okay with being credited like what's something that like somebody with like a thousand followers if they can get credited and if say they can't like get these bigger customers what can they do to build their name up can we, a, a lot of the time people it's kind of a split camp whether or not you should work for free or not and i think there is a basis for working for product when you're really young and starting out yeah and you know i mean there's very few other ways to really massively build up your portfolio is there like one place where if you get a credit it's like golden for you or or for anyone i would say it's you want big features that's sort of that's what really drives drives um your audience like a big audience to you so like there's feature pages like roam the planet um mountain stories uh what else do i tag like folk green so if you can get like a really good feature on one of those it'll often drive like a couple of hundred followers your way which is obviously yeah there's so many communities of like adventure and nature ones on instagram like how do you have a i know you you work with one of them i saw no matter yeah so what what's their deal what is what are they about (laughs) so they're basically like an online journal and adventure community at the minute i think they're there i believe they're planning on expanding into print we're also organizing some presets with them to be selling and giving away and doing contests and stuff but at the minute they're basically an online adventure journal and they feature sort of specific artists um and there is there is the option to pay for a feature i think it's important not to get lost in like the world of social media and obviously it's like massively important yeah. like i hate people who say it doesn't matter how many followers you have yeah. it's like a lot of the time it does matter how many followers you have yeah because we do need a decent base to get started and thus approach people and it gets more eyes on your work so what creator doesn't want loads of eyes on their work yeah so i think yeah i think it's really really easy to get lured into like paying for features and and like non-organic ways of gaining followers and attention mm-hmm. um but the best thing i could sort of say for that is just keep posting consistently and like you know there was a world before instagram and there'll be a world after instagram so do you do anything on tiktok uh yeah i have a tiktok account um and i post sort of just videos from when i'm traveling and then i posted a sunrise uh the castle behind on the beach behind my house and it got like 1.3 million views and wow. then i was obsessed with it for a while and then i stopped getting obsessed with it so did yeah. anybody did you get anything out of it uh maybe a couple of thousand of followers but nothing really nothing in the grand in the grand scheme of things um, yeah yeah it's kind so, of funny how it works like these waves like you think something will be immediate after but it's not it's like a long-term thing exactly yeah it's sort of slow growth a lot of the time um you can't get like too caught up in it because you'll get lost exactly yeah that's yeah that's why that's why i'm always super careful about and i have quite a kind of obsessive personality so like when i fixate on something i get really into it yeah my girlfriend's like oh my god just put your phone down and go outside <laughs> so yeah 
That's great. Well, I mean, this has been awesome. And yeah. uh, I would love to be there with you once. Like, <laughs> I, I really want to go to Scotland. I think that would be awesome. So, Come to Scotland. We'll hang and we'll shoot. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks. And this is super helpful for a lot of people. So I'm sure they're, they're very thankful in advance. And um, take it easy. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for bringing your pups on. They made I'm Christina, the CEO at Scopio. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Scopio Images. Head over to scopio.io for access to the world's largest library of authentic images. Scope them out. And if you're a photographer, don't forget to sign up to get the world to use your diverse images. Thanks and see you next week.